Positive Laws Get Psych podcast. I'm Julie Prescott, Head of Psychology at the University, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Camelia Taylor, who runs a garden design business, The Garden Taylor, and combines this with her psychology training to bring a unique approach to her business. Hi, Camelia. So lovely to have you here. Thank you for taking the time to join us. Hi. Hi, thank you for having me. No, thank you for joining us. And for our listeners, then, for the first kind of question, can you highlight which areas of psychology you studied and why you felt the subject would enhance your learning or career? So I think it's probably good for me to say that when I when I started psychology, I never knew that I was going to end up in garden design. So I when I was um, working in psychology, I worked with young people on the autism spectrum and women that had experienced domestic violence. I studied psychology at Birkbeck uh, in London, and then I went on to uh, study at UCL speech and language therapy. Um, I loved studying psychology but yeah it wasn't clear to me at the time that this was going to be my path and this was going to be where I ended up so the subjects I studied were ones that weren't weren't really connected to to garden design. No it is a really interesting route that you've taken to bring the psychology um, into the garden design and that's what makes this a really interesting podcast to understand, you know, just to learn and, and hear about your story. So it must have been very exciting to be asked to be involved in this project with Aspins for the Chelsea Flower Show. Um, I understand the design brief was to connect mental health therapy to the natural environment, which very much aligns, you know, with what you've just just mentioned about your psychology background. Can you tell us more about your psychology as a foundation for your ne- unique approach to garden design? Yeah, of course. So I um, first met Aspens a few years ago when I was studying garden design at Kew. And the reason that me and Aspens connected so, so well was because of my background in psychology. And I wanted to base my final project on Aspens. Um, And so Aspens are a charity for residential living for Uh, people on the autism spectrum and with learning disabilities and so the thing that they they loved about the project was that I was bringing a background that understood the needs of the people and actually listened to them and connected with them and from there we just had this relationship that's lasted for years which eventually ended up with us both going to Chelsea Flower Show together and I created this garden for them that's actually, like as we speak, being rebuilt back at Aspen's. And it oh, that's was fabulous, isn't it? That's really, really good. It, it's amazing. It was so nice. I, I left there when the diggers went in yesterday. And yeah, and today I'm here and I'm getting updated photos, which is amazing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's the garden I created at Chelsea was a garden for Aspens and I always said it was a garden that was for Aspens to be shown at Chelsea and it was to connect mental health and nature and why it makes us feel good um, with garden design and so it was called the natural affinity garden for Aspens because I believe that we all have this natural affinity to nature and 
it was a garden that was for everyone. So although Aspen's are a charity for um, people with autism and learning disabilities, actually nature's good for us all. So it was a garden that connects our senses um, and really kind of directs it. It focuses on each sense independently. So I was looking at touch and breaking it down and looking at movement and temperature and so I really try to bring psychology into my garden designs but in a way that it's not just within say healthcare because actually nature is good for everybody it's so many different ways and so I try to design in a way that brings psychology and says it's for everyone. That's great. So I believe it was based on the, the the garden that you developed was based on the biophilia hypothesis. Can you just tell our listeners a little bit more about that hypothesis, please? Yeah, of course. So the biophilia hypothesis, we have known for for years, like Beethoven wrote symphonies about nature being good for us. We know that nature is is good for us. And in the 70s, uh, Eric Fromm talked about this love and this passion we have for nature and living things. And then it was 10 years later uh, that Edward Wilson, he coined the term the biophilia hypothesis. And the biophilia hypothesis is this, this love, this love that we have for nature and how it makes us feel and this appreciation. Humans spend 99.9% of our existence in nature, like our the fabric of us comes from nature. Our brains are still based in the, the natural triggers that we have. Um, and so the biophilia hypothesis is just, it's this idea of this natural affinity that humans have towards nature, how something say like Shinrin-yoku, which is forest bathing, how it makes us feel good. It makes, it lowers our cortisol. It lowers our blood blood pressure. It helps with anxiety. We feel rested in nature. It, It makes us feel restful. There's this tendency that we have to be drawn to to water. It's one of the most prized elements in nature because it makes us feel good. And so this idea of the biophilia hypothesis is this this love that we have and how it makes us feel, how it connects us, how it grounds us. Even the act of putting your hands in the soil, it has so many microbiomes in the soil that when we put our hands in, it releases serotonin and it makes us feel good. So I'm passionate about um, the biophilia hypothesis because it's just so true. It just nature makes us feel good. And in a world that's very different to where we've come from, like our nervous system comes from this world of being in nature and it's not adapted to how we the, the lives we're living now. I feel very passionate about being in nature and how it's good for us and how actually it makes our bodies feel rested. It can really um, 
gauge your enthusiasm for this I didn't realize <laughs> about the touch in the soil so I'll have to not wear my gardening gloves so often and really no, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but no that that's it, it your passion is really there and it's great to hear it because it's especially like you say in these times with um lots of technology around us it's nice to get back to nature and you know especially for people's mental health it's good to go for yeah. a walk I really enjoy swimming so swimming really helps my mental health I can just I just switch off and I swim and I just love it it's it's um it's, it's it is really good to just kind of yeah be in your own mind kind of thing it is and I think when I was designing the garden for Chelsea I mean designing something that was going on to a really public stage and actually in the months leading up to it I felt anxiety I felt worried because I was I knew I was going onto a, a world stage to be judged and so I did things like gardened with my hands in the soil um like you like love water so I would be drawn to go to the sea and I would instantly feel that calming effect of just seeing the waves and just grounding myself and so in times where I do feel anxious or um or stressed I gravitate to nature and just because I really I feel passionate about it and it's that practicing what you're kind of you're saying like and what you believe in that's a really good message for our listeners isn't it it's a really good take-home message um, but I understand your love for sensory gardens recently inspired you to attend an eco-sensory course um, can you tell us yeah. a little bit more about that and how that's developed your work with your clients I have I was really keen to not be somebody that had a background in psychology and was a designer and I was I wanted to keep the two connected and I'm really passionate about keeping both of them alive because I believe that they both work together and so I realized um last year that actually I can still do the courses the psychology courses that are out there and I thought actually that's can only be a good thing for me to keep on top of the current research so I know what's going on and I can keep bringing it into my designs. And so the eco-sensory course, it was one that fitted very, very naturally because it was talking about exactly the things that I'm interested in, in why nature is good for us. And so it was a therapy course and it was it was great it kind of just backed the re- it gave me the research and things that I'm reading reading about it just put it all in one place and it was just really just amazing just to be absorbing that research of something and, and backing up what I talk about and what I believe and so I I did it because I I think it's helpful for my work it's helpful for me to know about current information and I think it's good for my clients as well. Yeah no that's really interesting and and one of the good things about psychology is is that it it, you can be it can be used in so many diverse your knowledge of psychology can be used in so many diverse settings Uh, and this is a really good example isn't it um and what I always say to students if you don't quite know what you want to do but you want to be kind of supporting people or working with people psychology is a really good degree to give you some insights isn't it so we know a number of our students won't be taking um, a traditional route through a psychology career 
So what mm-hmm. advice might you have for those who want to take psychology studies in their own direction? Because you've very much taken psychology in your own direction. Yeah, I would. It's for me, it's been a lovely natural fit because it's something that I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about gardens, being outside, but I'm also creative um, and I love to draw and design. And so the two worked so well together. I think the advice that I would give is if you're passionate about something, follow it because I I completely agree. I think psychology fits into so many different fields. I've got friends that went into lots of different areas. Um, and like things like like marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking about it this morning when I was thinking about like the biophilia hypothesis in relation to marketing. Um, I was thinking about say Apple, like the company, they've brought psychology into even their name, like the the fruit is is the name of their company. The cloud that connects that collects all of our data has been given this lovely natural name, the cloud. And so psychology is used in so many different ways. And so I think it's such a good grounding. I think it's a brilliant degree. Um, and I th- I would encourage anybody to do a psychology degree. I think it's fantastic. But then after that, I would think about where your interests are, what, what you're interested in. Uh, is it design? Is it marketing? Um, do you like going into different companies is it kind of working within uh in a corporate world um yeah there's it's there's so many I would yeah follow your passion if you've got something um psychology is people and um I think you can just bring it in in so many different ways I think that's really interesting I've never really thought about the cloud being a, you know the cloud and being a, a natural um thing that has been brought into the the world of technology basically so that is really interesting as well and just I was actually, just yeah, never even considered this, that but well, this morning I was just thinking I was like it's because it's it's collecting it's collecting all of our data and I was like yeah but they've given it such a lovely name the cloud yeah. and it's, nice yeah it's fascinating that we all like to look yeah. at and go yeah, yeah no it's uh yeah. that's that is yeah because um, I've got an interest in cyber psychology and how we kind of relate oh. to uh, so no that is really interesting I've never thought about that before uh, but no like you say there is so many routes because uh, within psychology so there's the, obviously the core routes but then you can take mm-hmm. and I always think it's kind of like a stepping stone that you get experience and then you can it's like a stepping stone and it seems like your career has been a bit like that you've done your psychology degree then your speech uh, speech and language therapy and your work and then it, and obviously your passion for gardening and um, you, you've managed to bring them all together in a really mm-hmm, yeah. interesting and entrepreneurial way. Um, so when you decided to study garden design, did yeah. you intend to kind of leave psychology behind or did you have that intention to bring the psychology in, into it? I I think I realised that the two could work together really beautifully. I think I the reason I had a career change was it was prompted by me having my children and I had a few years away um from from psychology I had my two daughters and I realized that I I could go back and I could 
change and do something else. And I, it just started by me exploring and exploring that design element. And then I went to Kew and I did a design course. And it was while I was studying, I just realised that the two, I don't have to leave psychology behind because I didn't want to. I and I, I felt very, very torn when I was changing careers about what to, what I was going to do and what my future was going to look like. And actually, when I realised that the two can work so well together, it just felt like a very, very natural fit. And I think the the thing about garden design is garden design tends to be a second career. So lots of people in my industry come from different backgrounds, which creates such a richness of designers. And so you have designers who have got um, media backgrounds, marketing, corporate backgrounds, lots of different backgrounds. So we all bring something different in. And actually, when I was studying, I realised that actually I love people. I love listening to people. And when you're designing a garden, psychology comes into it in so many ways because you're creating a garden for a client Mm -hmm. and you're not creating a garden that you want it to be. You're creating the garden that they want, but you have to to elicit that out of them. You have to tease that out of them. And you do that by, by listening. And I think that was why I was really careful in the early days to not let a garden designer with a psychology background just be gardens that were designed for healthcare because psychology is is so much more it's it's everything it's all of us mm-hmm. and so it was a natural fit and actually I've realized that psychology works in terms of the clients negotiating between clients because you may have two partners that disagree which happens quite often and so it's negotiating and trying to find a middle ground for them it's the the textures you bring in the senses the planting I mean planting is is a huge thing if I was to plant a garden with lots of reds and oranges and the hot colors that would be creating a garden for somebody that is exciting and has lots of energy to it whereas somebody might want a garden that's calming and reflective and so then I would be looking at the cool color palette so your blues and your purples and your whites and your greens which is a shorter wavelength that makes us feel restful and so psychology just comes into it in so many ways and actually it was quite exciting for me when I realized that the two can just be linked so beautifully. Yeah, and, that, and you're right about the listening to people and really trying to understand what they're saying, that kind of, you know, even if they're not necessarily saying it, but you've got that insight to be able to kind of tease it out and really understand. Yeah, I found it interesting about the colours as well, because obviously there's a lot of psychology around colours uh, and maybe listeners might want to go into the garden and see what kind of, of colours they've chosen, to because I will be doing, to see what kind of, you know, what kind of garden really does inspire you because you do you go out you buy the you, you're attracted to certain um colors and plants aren't you so it's, it is really interesting yeah. that that you know you're not just picking a plant or a pit and, and the color of the plant you are um you know there is a, a rationale behind that really isn't that it's, it, it says something about you basically is what I'm trying to say doesn't it it does absolutely it can yeah it 
And you tend to find, I rarely find clients that say they like reds and blues. It's normally they like reds and oranges. So they tend to, without knowing, like those colour those color palettes. Um, I must admit, I'm, I prefer the the more calming um, hues. They're, they're the ones that I'm drawn to. Well, I'm and thinking so I what like I've got on the, the more the, the more the pastel type colours, the white, yeah. yellows and, and, and pale pinks kind of just picturing my garden now and seeing thinking, but yeah, that's what I, yeah. So it's the calming. We're into the calming yeah. sphere. Yeah, we are. I like to go into my garden to feel calm. <laughs> But it does, it goes back to what you were saying before, that kind of what you want from the garden. And a lot of it is around that kind of escapism, if you like, isn't it? Just a break from the hustle and bustle of the world and a, a break from technology. Yeah. And and that's what I find that, that clients are looking for. They're always looking for things that I hear, a client saying they want a garden that will take them on a journey. Um, they want gardens that help them feel connected as a family or they want garden, they want a garden where they can all have their own individual spaces um but then they come back together as a family it's all when when clients talk about the gardens they want it's always it's this kind of mysterious calming like lovely environment that they're trying mm-hmm. to create yeah i love it yeah, no, that's brilliant. So, um, so, so you're clearly kind of giving back in your in your work as a garden designer. You're, you're clearly giving back. Um, so, psychology may be the first step for many of our listeners. So, how would you encourage those who are keen to give back in a way that feels true to them? So, you've obviously developed this, and and is is there any advice you can give to our listeners? I'd say it's following a passion, like follow something that you're passionate about and I think that the way the best way to give back really is to share your knowledge and and that's and to teach that's that's the way um that we can give back and to to share those passions and and so that's that's how I do it so I'd encourage anybody just to look at the things that they're interested in because actually it's the passion that people love it's the passion that that people want to listen to and so that's the way that I think that you can you can give back and I think that's the way that I give back um through the psychology is it's it's the subject that I love it's the subject that I haven't left behind it's something that I'm keen to always keep alive I think if I had more time I would be doing way more courses um but (laughs) I just, yeah, I think it's just, if it's something that you're really interested in, share that knowledge. That's really, really good advice. And your passion, as I mentioned before, really does come out when you talk and you can really feel your passion for both the garden design and the psychology and that merging of the two. Um, So thank you for that. It's been really interesting to learn more about gone design basically and thinking about um how we relate to nature and the oh, colour like we talk about the colours and the importance of nature like you say to human beings because that's you know that is our background that is it's where we come from yeah that's our roots isn't it so it is and we're connected to all living things and so actually it's having having that appreciation and the love for them 
um it just it sits better with us and it makes us feel good yeah yeah no it's good it's good for us so no thank you for that and thank you for joining us today uh for this podcast um and like i say it has been really interesting and it is it, i think there's some really good kind of take-home messages for listeners as well is to kind of get back to nature and, and you know in whatever way that might be um especially as you mentioned previously about if you're feeling anxious or stressed just to kind of regroup yourself if you like and 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 get that calming feel from nature and I think do something you're passionate about in your career as well so that's fabulous and I think like something I touched upon was talking about uh shinrin yoki which is forest bathing Mm -hmm. and I think there's this like this misconception that you need to have a forest to be able to go and do it and actually you don't and I think so many people live in cities if you can just find a park uh, or somewhere where there's nature around Shinrin-yoku forest bathing all it is is it's really it's opening our five senses to nature and so it's about not being put off by that name uh, being in a forest it's kind of going mm. into your park and opening your five senses independently because that's what makes us feel really good as humans when we get to really connect all five senses and it's something we rarely get to do these days but if we if you look you smell especially after the rain after the rain mm. the jocelyn in the air you can smell you can smell the soil and you get down and you touch and you listen if you can do that in your local park and just really hone in on each of those senses independently it can just be so good for us and just just make us feel good so yeah I just wanted to to mention that because I think no, I'm sometimes... glad you did because we don't like you say you don't often think about it do you we don't often we might lie on the grass but we're not actually kind of thinking about the use of our senses while we're doing that no yeah so no I thought and I just think it's it's a powerful thing to do well thank you very much and and again thank you for joining the podcast um it has been really interesting um and so for the listeners to learn more about our psychology courses please visit the University of Law website Uh, and thank you to our guest today and goodbye thank you thanks for having me bye-bye thank you